I've learned so much through my ups and downs. And of course, people only want to experience the highs, right? Um, of course. <laughs> but you learn and you grow so much in those lows. Um, but we're just so quick to avoid them or like think, okay, like I'm injured. Like, when is this injury going to be over? But um, when I broke my leg, I was biking to practice every day. I set up a folding chair next to the keepers and was still watching training. I was just doing everything I could out, outside of playing just to learn. And then also it's like, Hey, I can enjoy some downtime. I wasn't traveling with the team. So I got to go see my family more. So uh, I think we're so quick to focus on what we're missing or what we don't have rather than, you know, trying to flip it and, how can I make the most out of this experience? How can I grow as a person, as a player? It's that 1% we're looking for, that Sam and I are looking for to get you out of your comfort zone. Well, darling, oh my, my, I'm feeling so fly up in the zone. I'm like a golden crown, whirling high up in the sky. Oh. It's the way you make me feel so good, feel so good right now. It's the way you make me feel so good. Oh. Hey guys, welcome to Coffee and Leadership with Pros. I am Coach Amanda, and today we are blessed and honored to have a special guest, Aubrey Bledsoe with the Washington Spirit um, on with us. And I'm, I'm not going to tell her background. I'm going to let her talk about herself. But Aubrey, thank you for coming on board with us. And tell us a little bit about who you are. And you got some good stuff about to happen in a couple of days. Maybe highlight that. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to talk to the keepers and everyone who, who tunes in. Um, just got called into a national team camp, so heading out October 18th through 28th, going to Denver, Colorado for a 10 camp. There won't be any international friendlies surrounding that, but there will be two inner squads. It's definitely going to be competitive and just looking forward to competing for a spot on the Olympic roster next summer. That's awesome. That's awesome. A huge, huge lifetime achievement and uh, timing couldn't be better with uh, having a shot at going to the Olympics. I know you must be pretty humbled and excited at the same time. Um, and then you also play uh, for the uh, Washington Spirit, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, just finished our third season. It's been a bit of an abbreviated year, obviously due to COVID, but we had a Challenge Cup out in Utah this summer where we had a bubble out there and all the nine teams in the league competed. We had an early exit in the quarterfinals, lost in PKs. Um, so that was a bit of a bummer. But this fall, we had a fall series of just four games. So um, obviously, wish could have played more, but just thankful to have an opportunity to play this year when a lot of people aren't able to, to do their jobs in their normal capacity. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely been an interesting year for all of us for sure. But it's uh, I know I, I I can I know my keepers and myself. We've all been excited to see you guys back and playing again, and um, hopefully soon <laughs> we're all back to normal or some type of normal that's more normal than this. But um, but I wanted to have you on, and we talked about this a little yesterday, and I just I wanted to have you 
come onto our podcast because I've watched you from afar. I've met mutual friends or acquaintances that have all said that you and I like have definitely got to connect. Uh, we've got common beliefs, common goals and dreams. And um, just uh, that you're an amazing person and you're a fighter and you're a winner through and through. And that's, that's who we love having, you know, come on. I, mean, I saw a quote last night um, and I, I thought it was perfect uh, to share here. And it, and it said that nobody cares if you don't win. Nobody cares if you don't win. And I hate that, but it's true. I hate that because I think everybody matters and everybody's a champion, no matter what level you are uh, or whatever your definition of success is. But I think you're a true example of somebody who has not listened to haters or naysayers or doubters, and you've stayed true to your course and you've just let your actions speak for your words and uh, you chose to win. And I, I love that. And I wanted you to just kind of share your story because you don't have the most common story. You weren't, uh, you know, it's correct me if I'm wrong. You, you weren't like first round draft picks in the NWSL draft, right? Yeah, I actually wasn't even in the draft. <laughs> I went overseas. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's been um, definitely not a straight line, you know, a straight progression uphill. It's been a lot of peaks and valleys and I've been, all over the globe and um it's yeah definitely not what i planned but i i wouldn't trade it for anything and i'm really thankful for um everything i've experienced and where i am today so tell us a little bit where are you from originally and uh maybe how you got your start in the game and i had to ask this question um but did goalkeeping choose you or did you choose goalkeeping <laughs> I know, um, a little bit of both. And, you know, that's, I feel like the position has progressed so much. So now it's not like, oh, she's just the goalkeeper because she's super tall or maybe just not as athletic. Um, you know, growing up for me, it was kind of the tall girls who were back there um, or maybe the ones who didn't want to run so much. So <laughs> I'm not yeah, exactly That's true. Sure. Yeah. I think that's still true to a certain yeah. extent. Um, <laughs> I think it was a bit of both. Uh, I didn't love it, but I was good at it. So uh, I played field and goal probably till I was 13, 15-ish. Um, Where on the field did you play? Were you a striker? Yeah, I was a forward. I loved to score. I mean, I didn't. it didn't happen often, but... Uh, <laughs> both. It's just the best of both worlds, right? We could yeah, just save the goals yeah, and score. <laughs> For sure. But uh, my twin sister was also a goalkeeper and we were both really good at it. So that kind of created a little competition within the house and uh, we pushed each other just to be our best. And, and yeah, I played I played a lot of different sports growing up. So just a super competitive person. And as I got older and then into high school, I kind of realized if I wanted to, to take the next step and play collegiately, my best shot was as a as, as goalkeeper. So um, I kind of realized, you know, maybe as fun as scoring is like, it's not going to work out for me there. So, <laughs> so what was your favorite aspect of goalkeeping? Like, was it the one V ones? Was it flying through the air and winning those upper nineties, taking people out and, you know, making it look like you're going for the ball. Like what, what, 
stuck you? Like yeah. it made you stay? Um, I've always been really calm under pressure and just my personality. I'm pretty even keel. Um, there's not too many highs or lows. Like I'm just pretty chill. Um, and all circumstances. So I loved when the game was on the line and just like, I would just relish the pressure. So whether it be penalties or, or anything, just, um, you know, a tie game down to the wire, uh, just love being able to make saves knowing like your team is really counting on you. So, so that's always been fun is, is embracing that pressure and being able to come up big for, for the team. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you're from Cincy or Cincinnati, um, started your club route and tell us, how did you uh, go to Wake Forest and, you know, how did you get on this pro pro route here and to where you are now? Yeah, I wasn't very highly recruited, to be honest, just by some local schools in Ohio. I was super athletic, but I would say a little unrefined. (laughs) Okay. Um, so yeah, I wasn't highly recruited. My club team was just average. I really wanted to go to school in the Carolinas just because I thought Carolinas were nice. It'd be a little warmer than Cincinnati, but not too far from home. And my dream was definitely to play in the ACC. But again, I wasn't very highly recruited. So I ended up going to the Wake Forest residential soccer camp with a club teammate of mine. And I played pretty well there. I think I was named the camp MVP. And from that, they came out and watched me in a tournament and eventually gave me an offer. So it was a no-brainer. Once once they had a spot for me, I was like, ACC school, great academics where I might not get in um, upon my own academic merit. Um, Yeah, so it it was a no-brainer. It's a beautiful campus there. I love Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And... um, it's proud to be a deke. <laughs> what is a deke? It's <laughs> a good question. Demon deacon, <laughs> like an old guy, part of the church, but like the, I don't really get the demon part. Um, just looks like a scary old man with the top hat. <laughs> it's mainly for intimidation of your opponents, right? Yes. He rides out on a motorcycle. It's pretty cool, but oh, that's that's pretty. Uh, so wait, hold on, a second, hold on. A At your soccer games, you would ride out, or is that only football, American uh, football? <laughs> It definitely happened at some, maybe not all, definitely all for football, but uh, he would always be there in attendance, maybe not the motorcycle though. That's, that's pretty intimidating. (laughs) So where, so, okay, you graduate from Wake Forest, where do you go now? And did you know, like, since you were younger that you wanted to go the pro route or was this something that formed up during your time at Wake Forest? Yeah. Um, so the NWSL, our professional league now, is is the fourth pro league in the States. So growing up for me, um, I definitely watched the WUSA and uh, was a huge Mia Hamm fan. And so there was a, a little bit of a dream there, but I never really acknowledged it because um, I'm a, a really high achiever. And for me, if, if I set a goal and don't get it, uh, I'm a little disappointed. So I thought that by, you know, not really admitting to myself that that's something that I really wanted in my life, then I wouldn't be upset if it happened or if it didn't happen. So I think the dream has always been there, but I just didn't really acknowledge it uh, because I didn't quite believe in myself. 
Um, but I did, I had a, a good college career. I won the starting spot as a freshman. Um, the other keeper had an injury during preseason and um, I kind of didn't look back. So I surprised myself a bit by um, having the opportunity to play pro. I was like, wow, like, all right, like this is a, this is kind of cool. Why not? Um, and I was telling you yesterday, I was a, a pre-med major. So it's funny, you know, my fallback in a sense was med school, but <laughs> for me, like med school felt more achievable than a successful professional career. Um, wow. But just because, you know, I could study my butt off and for me, if I worked really hard, I could get good grades and I could get a good MCAT score and, and all those things, but it was in soccer, your control. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. soccer, of course you can work really hard, but, um, it's tough to make it as a pro. It, it really is. And even if you make it, as we'll talk about later, only nine keepers play in NWL, and that's in the entire world. So uh, starting spots are, are few and far between. It takes a little bit of uh, luck. Um, yeah. Divine providence. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A, lo a lot of things to, to kind of go in your way that, that are ultimately a bit out of your control. But um, yeah, I wasn't sure if the U.S. would have a pro league as I was finishing my college career. So when I graduated um, in May of 2014, I decided I would go play overseas for a year, see how I liked it, then maybe go to med school, maybe try to play in the States if the, if the league was still around. But um, yeah, because we weren't stable back then. So I think it's really- so that was, the, was that at the end when the WPS folded and I before think the, the NWSL started? folded maybe my sophomore year in college. So the okay. NWL had just been around for one or two years when I was graduating. Um, so yeah, I didn't have any plans. Nowadays people graduate early. They'll make plans so they can leave their senior spring and go join an NWL club. But for me, I was just focusing on my pre-med requirements um, and then just gonna see where I landed in Europe and, and just kind of take it a year at a time. But um, I think now it's incredible that we have a stable pro league that people can watch us on TV and they can really envision that for themselves. If that's what, you know, your young goalkeepers want, if, you know, they can, they can see that they can message us on social media. They can, you know, I'll, I'll respond to people and, and give advice and, I think that really helps dreams become tangible for people. So yeah, for me, like I'd seen some pro games, but women's soccer besides the world cup and Olympics, it wasn't on TV. It really wasn't something that I could see for myself um, being a reality or, or even achievable. So it's kind of on the back burner. Yeah. And you, I, I want to go back to something you, you said about you not believing in yourself somewhere along the way, I imagine somebody came in your life and believed in you and showed you those seeds of greatness in you and showed you that you have it and built you internally. And a lot of those people, they don't want recognition. Um, they don't even want to be acknowledged, but to us, they mean a lot. And I know we were talking about my office mm -hmm. and moments and that right there, that's my goalkeeping coach. I never, I, I would never have gone as far as I did 
had it not been him pulling me off the side and screaming into me, don't you dare look down on yourself. You're going to that tryout. You're going to this. You're, you, you can do this and pushing me farther than I could ever imagine. And, and, and he's like a second dad to me to this day, you know, who is that for you in these, in this moment in the college career? And, and what did they do that was significant and personal that helped you turn a corner and your career and, and see it for yourself? Yeah, there, there've been a lot of those people, to be honest. Um, and, and even my family, really, um, when I got my first call in, I remember them like not being very surprised. And <laughs> for me, um, you know, I've, I wanted a call up to the national team for, for years, of course. Um, but and I, I continued to work towards it and believe that it would happen. And, but I did kind of release any expectation of win. So when it did finally come, um, I, I was a bit surprised in the sense of like, finally it's here. Like, you know, I, I wasn't holding on to every camp, like looking at my phone anymore, like wondering, you know, when it would come. Um, but it did surprise me how my family was like, oh yeah, we knew it was coming. Like, of course. And I was like, really? And it's kind of surprised me throughout my life, how many people really believe in me and really, you know, knew it was coming for me in a sense, whereas I had all this kind of doubt, uh, in myself. So, so there've been a number of people, my, my family, for sure. Um, my goalkeeper coach right now with the Washington spirit, his name is Ian McCaldin. He's a big Scottish guy, just super fun, loving guy. And when he joined the club last year, um, I'd only been a starter for one year at that time. And it was a rough, rough year. We won two games. I led the NWL in saves, but like, as I told everyone, that's not like a, a great stat that you love as <laughs> because to me that just symbolized that our, our defense had a lot of work to do and <laughs> they were letting a lot die to get to me. Um, but he came in uh, last year, came from Scotland, and he was like, Aubrey, you're the best keeper in the world. I'm like, really? Because I, I don't feel like it. Um, but I've just found a lot of power in people um, kind of just declaring things about you and then rising up to those expectations. Um, and I, Ooh, and he, he wasn't saying this because like, like you can't tell someone, oh, oh, you're the best if like they're not putting in the work, but he yeah. sees every day what I do. So from that, he can then tell me like, you know, you've got it, like all your hard work, you're going to make it. You're the best keeper in the world. Um, and it's only from the effort you put in that then you can get to believing that because if the effort and the, the discipline aren't there, then you're just you know, it's, it's not actually validated. <laughs> if, if that makes sense, um, you can only, yeah. only say those things and actually believe it. If you're like, Oh, you're right. Like I am doing all that I can do. Like, so once he kind of injected some self-belief into me, I started playing like the world's best and had this, yeah. he calls it fire in the belly, but uh, I ado adopted more of a mentality like, 
they can't beat me and just really relish the challenges more than being fair, fearful of being exposed or giving in a soft goal or, oh no, this team has a really good forward. Like I better be on my A, a game. It was more like, I'm ready for this. I've prepared every day. Um, yeah. I've been a goalkeeper all my life. Like this is what I know what to do. I'm made for this. So I just really have enjoyed it and had more belief in myself. Were you before he came, it's, it's Ian, right? Yes. Ian. <clears throat> so before Ian came, would you say you expected the bad to happen a little bit more or you expected fear a little bit more and he flipped that? Is that what you're saying? Or uh, what were you like, yeah. like in that sense, mentally before? Yeah, before the, the, um, the, switch, the switch was, but, I'm expecting to win and I'm, and I'm good enough. Yeah. So what was the before mentality? Before was, uh, I'm a little afraid to play today. <laughs> As we get closer to game day, I'd be like, oh no, like North Carolina's coming to town this week. They've got Lynn Williams, <laughs> Crystal Dunn. And, uh, <laughs> You're shaking for 90 minutes, but you were shaking. Yeah, it was just ago. kind of this. <laughs> this mentality of like, how long can I last until they score on me? You know, <laughs> rather than yeah. they're not scoring on me today. It was yeah. like, Oh, hopefully they don't score in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was just, um, regardless. And I learned regardless of the team in front of you, like you can control you. Like I said, the first year of the spirit, we didn't have the best defense and I would, I would get a little worked up and emotional in the game. So if there was a mistake, I would think like, oh, crap, like here comes a breakaway. <laughs> and that yeah. moment of um, kind of disappointment in a sense or like frustration of, uh-oh, like here we go again, that switches me off of being my best and making the save because I'm now in a negative mindset. So I was, I was just my first year, my rookie year, or not my rookie year, but my first year of being a starter, I made a lot of really emotional decisions. I was kind of overplaying. Like I'd run out of my goal thinking I could go win a through ball because I didn't necessarily have the faith in my defenders to, to get back. Um, but oh, that's I, good. Yeah. Once you kind of sit back and try to make the most rational decision possible, even if everything is kind of crumbling in front of you, I played so much better. So, so yeah, I, I learned to kind of take the emotion and the judgment out of it and just stay in that confident space, regardless of what's happening on the field, regardless of the opponent. So it didn't, it wasn't like, Oh crap, like North Carolina's coming to town. It's Hey, like, it's another opportunity to show everyone what I've got, like to get a shutout, to just have some fun with my teammates. Um, so the focus was less on kind of the other team and me just being fearful of not doing my best or measuring up to the challenge. It was, I've got this within me, like, let's go out and do it. That's really good. I think you touched on something that's really huge. And I want to ask this question because I know <clears throat> many of my goalkeepers in my academy ask 
this like, you know, Hey, I can't trust my defense. They won't listen to me. Uh, I'm, I, they just give up. They're lazy and I'm having to do this and do this and do this. And, and there's this constant discord and distrust. Right. And they, that may be all factual, but what would be your advice to anybody in the collegiate level or club level, youth level that on how they can work with their defense in a positive way um, and learn to trust, learn to communicate in a positive way, but hold each other accountable. What, what would be your advice? Yeah. To them? That's, that's something, you know, I still encounter in the pro level. Like <laughs> you would think that you wouldn't, but um, there's definitely differences and opinions of, you know, how tight they should be on their marks or, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, this is something that I encountered even over the weekend. Um, I always try to say something in the moment. So, um, for example, if I wanted a defender to step earlier and block a shot, but they, you know, are holding the space a little bit, like, so the shot happens, I go immediately to them, like, Hey, and I'll just use Paige, my center back, for example. Like Paige, like you got to step there earlier. Like you, did you hear me? Um, and so then they can say like, oh, I didn't hear you. And so then, you know, like, okay, like I'll try to be louder next time. Um, yeah. Or, or then, oh, I heard you. I just didn't want to do it. Or, you know, you can kind of get to the root of it. Um, so I try to quickly uh, acknowledge it immediately. Then if something more needs to be said, which Usually there is. <laughs> um, I'll try to grab them at halftime or after the game. And I think trust is just the foundation because if they trust what you're telling them to do, that it's right and that it's for the benefit of the team, they should ultimately listen to you. Yeah, um, they should. That's yeah, they should. the keyword, they uh, should. <laughs> they still won't always, but they should. And um, I think just by modeling, never giving up and working hard in every play and training by them seeing you do that, like, they know that that will be expected of them. Like if you're just going to stand there and let shots just go into the back of your net and training, you can't really get on them when they're not sticking their body in the line of fire to block it. So I think leading by example is, is huge in that, but yeah, then just addressing it right away. And luckily I have, uh, does that mean screaming and yelling at them at yeah. halftime? <laughs> and after the game, yelling, how, how but, do you, how would you coach these youngsters up on doing that? And, and, and how, what, what is that book? Uh, how to win friends and influence uh, them <laughs> positively. Um, I mean, tone is definitely very important. I think um, you have to have a difference in, in your voice. So they know like, okay, like I better step. Um, so that's definitely very important. Having a commanding voice, I think, especially for young keepers, it all kind of sounds the same or they're very mm -hmm. quiet. Um, and that might just be, they're not sure what to say if there's what they're saying is right. So I think it's just, it's something to be practiced and to learn. And as you grow in your knowledge of the game by watching on TV, by studying, um, you can be more confident about what you say. Um, but, but yeah, just having a, a good discussion, trusting your defense, them trusting you. And then I have, as I say, I have the benefit of film. If <laughs> I'm unsure about something, um, 
I'll watch, I'll watch my game back. And now I know, I feel like parents nowadays all film their kids anyways on the iPhone. <laughs> so they can take yeah. a look at those clips. But um, also I, I want to say that humility is important because there are times when I'm wrong and I may have yeah. said something, you know, whether it be step or tell them to pick up a mark that they shouldn't have. Um, and I'll go back and I'll say, you know, sorry, I told you to stay on Lynn Williams, but you should have stayed on Crystal Dunn, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, and then when we watch, when we watch the film back in, I'll be the first to admit fault for goals. Um, I think as a leader, you have to be accountable first always. Yeah. And uh, so that's, that's huge. Oh, and then lastly, yeah. I am the biggest fan as well of my teammates. Um, mm. Like I think, Sam Staub has the world's best left foot. And like when she hits a killer a diagonal ball, like I'm the first to be like, brilliant, Sam. Or like, <laughs> world like just that's, you know, I try to build them up. Encouraging. As yeah. Yeah. Because if you're just nagging all game, like they're going to tune you out. So it's True. a balance. It's a balance. You need to have a good relationship with them. Be like, just ask them, hey, like, you know, Am I saying too much? Like, what is helpful? What do you want to hear from me? Communication. Um, yeah. Communication, not just during the game, but communication on how they want to be communicated to. Right. Right. That's and their huge. personality. You got to know yeah. there's some people who might shut off if you're digging into them and then you've just lost them for the rest of the game. So maybe even if they mess up, like you just don't have to acknowledge it every time. So it's getting to know your teammates, knowing um, how to get the best out of them. Because ultimately as a goalkeeper, if you get the best out of the players in front of you, it makes your job a lot easier. Absolutely. absolutely. So I, I would like to ask this question um, because I think not many people talk about it, but you said you're, you're, you're really good under pressure, er, pressure. you're, you're uh, even keel, um, balance, you're, no highs or lows. Are you naturally a quiet, reserved person or are you an extrovert, Wah! you know, but more even keel extrovert? <laughs> what would yeah. you say? What category would you say you would gravitate more towards? Um, definitely more of the introvert. So it was tough for me growing up to then step into goal and be this loud commanding person. Um, so yeah. for a bit, I did feel like I had to kind of fake it till I make it in a sense. Sure. Um, so yeah, it didn't definitely didn't come natural to me, especially when I'm at Wake Forest, I'm a freshman starting with all, all these seniors who I'm scared to death of. Like <laughs> the last thing I wanted to do was say something that they might disagree about or, um, but um I try to, and the keepers that I work with, I try to frame it as it's your responsibility and it's actually the way that you be the best teammate you can be is by being commanding and organizing and getting the most out of your teammate because you're in the back, you can see everything. So you, it is a little selfish in a sense to kind of withhold information and to not be um a big dominant presence back there because that will hurt you as a team 
So, um, but it, it is something that you have to practice, I think, in, yeah, in training, work on yeah. your keeper calls, work <laughs> on getting lots of information, you know, left foot, right foot, where you want the ball back. Um, so by practicing it in training, um, and then again, being confident um, and having good relationships with your teammates, then it translates to the game. But it has to come first from training and then you can bring that into the game. It's not just going to come out of thin air. You can't just turn on this alternate persona. At least I couldn't. Yeah. Maybe some people can. But so you don't um, you don't you don't have an on off switch when you go on and off the field, eh? <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> um, but yeah, definitely uh, as a as a young kid who's not exactly confident in who they are and still kind of figuring it out. It's awkward. It's really awkward. Um, so I know what that's like for all your keepers out there who are probably like a little timid and shy. Um, it hasn't always been easy or natural, but it's just through practice that, that it comes. How old were you when you really got good at it? Were you in your teens still in the youth club or were, were you, um, were you uh, in college at Wake Forest? When you, when you really turn that corner communication line? I would honestly say not even until I was a pro. Um, really? Well, in college, I was I was getting there. But then when I became a rookie pro again, I had another, you know, another time of insecurity and feeling like, hmm, I'm just three. Like, Kelly yeah. O'Hara is really good. <laughs> and Christy <laughs> Bertone has been playing professional longer than I've been alive. Um, <laughs> So there's always kind of the next level. And yeah, pro, again, I was kind of the low end of the totem pole again. Um, so kind of had to rework my confidence. And as the game gets faster and the players are better, I had to learn a lot more. So just from video, from watching the game, just being a student of the game. So yeah. um, I had to kind Keyword, of- word, be a student of the game. Yeah, Huge. yeah I had to start- a bit from the bottom again and, and rebuild that it hasn't, it hasn't always, yeah, just been there. So um, I think every yeah. step that I've taken in my career from club to college, college to pro, I've had to double down and just, yeah, soak in as much as I can from, from the starting goalkeeper, from older players and, and learn what that looks like because you can't come in day one and, and be super demanding they'll just be like who are you <laughs> um, yeah whoa 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 yeah you've not, exactly. you've not gotten in this circle yet right you have to earn like i was saying you have to earn the trust and respect of your teammates and only then can you be a good leader but if you just start day one like barking at people you're quickly gonna be shut off <laughs> trust takes time yeah it really yeah. takes time and that's anywhere in life too but on the field, it's especially important and it's sacred, I feel like. Like, I don't mean that in like a weird way, but it, it really is. You do, it's, it, once you lose trust, it's harder to get back. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's, it's having that self-awareness that I think is important and it's not easy. Like, I know I was, I am um, naturally an extrovert and just a lot of energy on the field and I would get out there and I just like, you know, I knew everything and I, 
fit on those teams. And I remember being in college and my college girls in preseason, I'm like, who the heck do you think you are telling me to step? Forget you. You know, like, yeah. and, and it was hard to come back from that. And, and so, you know, it's, it's definitely a good word. So we were talking about, you're making this transition from Wake Forest, you graduate, you know, you're going pro. Uh, I touched a little bit on the pro stuff, but I want to come back to that. You went to Europe to play. Tell us a little how that, a little bit how that happened. And, you know, when did it happen? Was it, you know, right immediately after graduation, you already had a contract signed. How did that happen? I graduated in May of 2014. um, And I just signed with an agent. It was just kind of like, you know, roll the dice, like wherever you have for me. Great. Um, I was pretty naive about how the pro soccer world worked thought I'd kind of have my pick of whatever country, whatever team, but, uh, doesn't work like that. Um, especially, really? yeah. Right. Sorry to all the listeners out there who Lord. are, you know, have their heart set on, on something, but for your first pro contract, it's kind of like, here's what's offered, like take it or leave it. So I kind of signed blindly in a sense, um, for this team called, Grand Buddha in um, Buddha, Norway, which is very northern Norway, actually in the Arctic. It was just cold. <laughs> yes, it, it was frigid. Luckily, we played indoors. Um, we had a big, like, kind of bubble. Um, yeah, so all our games, training, everything was indoors, or I would not have lasted as long as I did. Is it cold <laughs> year round, though? Pretty much, yeah. So I, I went in at the end of July. So I went for half a season from end of July until mid-November. Um, so when I got there, it was summer. But mind you, that was maybe like mid-60s, 70s. Um, so still pretty chilly. Yeah. Fall, and, fall and weather for us. <laughs> the wind was bitter cold by the end of it, uh, I think, there were some days I would, you know, walk or bike to training and it's like negative. So in the teens and um, yeah, I was bundled up. So (laughs) that was uh, a bit of a shock to me, but I just, I just wanted to play anywhere. I wasn't sure where. And like I said, you kind of just have to just jump in and, and build a career from that um, just as a rookie. So yeah, anyone, wishing to play pro it's definitely achievable there's honestly a team kind of for everyone but uh you may have to be willing to go (laughs) somewhere very remote and um yeah you might not have any other foreigners but I was lucky I had a Canadian roommate so um I was on one of the worst teams in the league (laughs) I joined halfway through the season I think before I got there in like 11 games, they'd given up 44 goals or something like that. And yeah. So they had, they were looking for reinforcements. That's bad. <laughs> <to not be laughs> um, and we were still relegated. Uh, I think we won one or two, tied a couple once I got there. But um, uh. it was a good experience just to be on my own. I was way far away from my family, um, from life as I knew it. And um, for me, that experience, I had a lot of time to kind of sit and reflect on who I was and and what I wanted for my career, if I wanted a pro career at all. Um, Because in college, 
it was my scholarship. It was a fun social thing. I wasn't going to quit. Like I enjoyed it and it, it was easy. It was just part of the college experience for me. But once I signed that pro contract, it was all voluntary at that point. <laughs> and yeah. it's definitely not as glamorous as I thought. So, and, and that was a paid contract, I imagine. Yes. Paid pro? yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was paid not much, uh, but <laughs> enough to live off of. And um, so, yeah, I, I really, in the cold Northern Norway, I was, you know, I had to decide is, is this what I want? Is the sacrifice being away from my family worth it? Um, you know, do I want to go to med school? Do I want to keep playing pro? But it was in that, that I really found my enjoyment for soccer when it wasn't just a chore, you know, I wasn't going because my parents were taking me there to club practice. I wasn't going because it was my scholarship. Um, I was going because I was choosing to go. So it it did change. My mindset shifted a little bit and um, I really doubled down on um, just putting in some extra work and learning what it took to be a pro going to the gym, doing extra eating, right. Sleeping, right. All those things that, you know, black all important. (laughs) I mean, midterm, no big deal, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, it was, it was a good kind of transition moment for me when I decided, Hey, if I'm going to do this, like I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm going to be all in. That's awesome. So how long were you there total? Um, four or five months. And then, um, I signed with sky blue as a discovery player. Um, okay. I thought what does that would that be mean? like, a free yeah. What is, is that? Of, is that a free agent or what, what does that, that mean you know, for those um, who don't know? Yeah. If you're an international player or an American who did not enter the draft, you're eligible to become a discovery player. So that means teams can request your rights and then you have to sign with them. So I couldn't just go around to all the end of cell teams and be like, Hey, like, do you want me? How much are you going to pay me? Uh, it was sky blue FC has requested your rights. Like if you want to play in the league, you have to sign with them. So, um, I was a bit bummed. Cause I was like, I don't want to go to Jersey. All I knew was like the show Jersey shore. And it wasn't like the nicest. People. <laughs> um, but, you had to bring that reference in here, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> sure. I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> I mean, that's all Snooki? I saw in college. That's all I knew about Jersey. Huh? Did you did you meet Snooky while you were there? I lived, no joke, a mile away from the shore house. And I would ride my bike past it. And the shore store On purpose? Um on on purpose? Yeah. I mean it was just it was just a mile away. It was down the boardwalk. Um, I lived in Lavalette, New Jersey with the host family and, um, yeah, I would drive by. People would be there taking photos in front of the house. So it was, I was like, I a never random Aubrey Bledsoe fact. Do you have a selfie of yourself in front of, I, I never, I could not, oh. <laughs> but I have taken photos for people in front of the house. That counts. That, that clearly house. counts. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Random fact. I never, I I think you've made history here 
with an MTV uh, reality show coming into our yeah. conversations and podcasts. Yeah. But, so <laughs> Discovery Player, did you, um, how long did you go through that process before they offered you a contract? Um, just a couple weeks because yeah, if they don't offer you a contract, then another team could claim you. So it was just kind of like, Oh, we need, we need backup. We'll give you this much money. Like take it or leave it. So of course I was like, yeah, sure. Um, again, Jersey wouldn't have been my pick, but in a sense, I was kind of glad to be removed out of the process. Cause it was like, okay, it's out of my hands. Like the Lord's in control. Yeah. He must want me in Jersey. So I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> Another cold place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, my rookie year was for sky blue. I was backup behind, um, Brittany Cameron. Um, anyone's remembers Brittany Cameron. She was, um, good goalkeeper, got some national team call-ups, but, um, my rookie year, I played 10 minutes and I actually got scored on. So I love <laughs> to share that, to, to show that I had the worst rookie year possible, you know, not only <laughs> I might've played, but I got scored on. So, uh, they put me Who in the scored on you. Do you, okay. do you remember? Sarah Killian. Yeah. Boston breakers back in the day. Oh, wow. Break. Wait, no, I'm sorry. Sarah Killian was my shoot. Who was it? Um, <laughs> Christy Mewis, maybe it was definitely against the breakers, but yeah, I got, I got the pity minutes at the end of the game and got scored on. So, um, I was, I was in a pretty, like, not low place, but I was like, really like <laughs> what a rookie year. Definitely not how I would have, uh, imagined it. But from that, I was teammates with Nadia Nadine in sky blue, who, um, is a great Danish player. And, she, you know, saw something in me and was like, come back to Denmark with me and play for my team on loan. So I went over to Denmark and got to play in the Champions League, had an incredible experience out there. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. we. And, and what years were, was this? This was um, fall, winter of 2015. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just... A door was open because I was a hard worker and um, yeah, I had a teammate who recognized that in me. And so I was in Denmark playing the Champions League. We lost to an Italian team in the second round. But while I was there, Orlando entered the NWSL. So when a new club enters, they hold an expansion draft where they're allowed to essentially steal 10 players, 10 total from all the other teams. So oh, nice. um, I found out via Twitter, I was just coming in from training one day in Denmark and they're like, Oh, congrats. I'm like what? I'm like you're going to Orlando. Oh, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but I was really excited for that because I would be a backup behind Ashton Harris, who is one of the best in the game. Absolutely. So to learning from her and um, there was just a lot of excitement around Orlando entering I knew it would be a really professional environment so uh, and they were me, really good yeah. that year weren't they their first year I feel like they performed yeah. very well didn't they yeah. trying to think we definitely oh not the first year our second year we made it to the playoffs first second year, year okay. um yeah first year was an Olympic year 
I think we finished towards the bottom, but um, yeah, it was kind of like winning, winning the lottery in a sense, um, start, start fresh, get a new environment and opportunity to learn behind Ashland. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So then so how long were you with Orlando pride? So I was there two years. Um, my first year was an Olympic Olympic year. So I was really looking forward to getting some minutes while Ashland would be gone at the Olympics. This is now 2016. Um, and I started one game leading up to it uh, because she had national team duty and I was about to get, I don't know, maybe five or 10 more when she would be gone. So, yeah. um, you know, as a backup, you kind of are like just waiting for your opportunity and you know, it was in sight and I was really excited and I actually broke my leg in training. Uh, I broke my left fibula and just the timing was pretty terrible. I would have made it back for basically when Ashlyn returned from the Olympics. <laughs> so uh, I was pretty devastated because I've been working really hard for that opportunity and it was so close. And then it seemed like it was just yanked away from me. Um, wow. But so then I, the second year, 2017 in Orlando, there was no world cup, no Olympic year. So Ash was going to be there all year. And um, again, like we've been saying, I just was committed to being the best I could be every day. And um, even with no prospect of playing on the horizon, um, and another crazy thing that I couldn't even write up, but yeah, I, um, so one <laughs> during halftime, the subs in Orlando, we just stay out on the field and we just pass and a teammate accidentally hit me in the head with a long ball. And it just, I like hit the ground and I ended up getting concussed. <laughs> and so I didn't travel with the team to the next game. And they had to sign um, a backup goalkeeper. Her name was Caroline Stanley for, for just the weekend out in Seattle because we just, our other backup happened to be injured as well at the time. You're so concussed like, from, from a random ball. Yes, I was from concussed from my team. <laughs> um, so I'm watching my team play at home in Orlando. They're out in Seattle. Ashlyn Harris is in goal and she's just taking a routine goal kick. And she kicks the ball and just like stops and she's grabbing her quad. She actually tore her quad, taking the goal kick. And I'm just sitting there with the other goalkeeper, mind you. And we're both like, no way. Like this girl, Caroline is going in. We're like, that should have been you. And she's like, that should be you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, like again, like, this should that be would have been my opportunity. Yeah. My, my teammate not, you know, yeah, to the right. ground in the head. Yeah. So I know it, it turned out Ashton, I think, missed about 10 or 11 games. So um, that's pretty much the whole season, right? Yeah. How many games do you guys play in the M MWSL? In a normal non COVID year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so about, about half the season. Um, so, uh, but then. The next week in training, I was like, all right, like, I'm not letting this other girl, like, take my, take my chance. Um, so. So the other, the, the Stanley girl was still there. Yeah. So she that. ended up being signed for like the rest of the season. It was just oh, like. Oh, wow. 
crazy turn of events, uh, you know, thought she was just going in for just going to sit on the bench for a day and all of a sudden she's playing and then she's signed for the rest of the year. So I had to kind of re-win my spot back. Um, but I did, I played uh, 11 games that year and um, there were some highs and lows of that, made some good saves, also made some bad mistakes. Um, but from that, I kind of proved myself to be an NWSL starter and, um, that opened the door to be traded to the Washington spirit. Um, Let me ask you this real quick. If you didn't have that experience that you had there, um, with, would now you, you had no competition, then all of a sudden over a crazy circumstance, you have competition, right? You've made a lot of mistakes, et cetera. If you didn't have the failures, you didn't have the mistakes. Do you think you would have had what you're now goalkeeping coach refers to that fire in your belly to fight and be as hungry as you were? Like, do you think you would have, if if that didn't happen, would you be where you are right now? Yeah, definitely not. Um, I've learned so much through my ups and downs. And of course, people only want to experience the highs, right? Um, of course. <laughs> but you learn and you grow so much in those lows. Um, but we're just so quick to avoid them or like think, okay, like I'm injured. Like, when is this injury going to be over? But um, when I broke my leg, I was biking to practice every day. I set up a folding chair next to the keepers and was still watching training. I was just doing everything I could out- outside of playing just to learn. And then also it's like, Hey, I can enjoy some downtime. I wasn't traveling with the team. So I got to go see my family more. So uh, I think we're so quick to focus on what we're missing or what we don't have rather than, you know, trying to flip it. And how can I make the most out of this experience? How can I grow as a person, as a player? Um, And I definitely was still, scared and doubted myself when I finally did get that opportunity to start. I remember um, one of my mentors was kind of like, you're made for this. Like you're ready. Like this is your time to shine. And I was like, Oh, you're right. Like instead of having these kind of fears, cause I'll be honest, I was thinking like, Oh gosh, like now that I get to start, if I have a bad game, I could be cut, which is honestly, that's a reality for a lot of us in the players. Um, yeah. If you're underperforming, you know, it's your job. If you're not doing your job, you're going to get fired. Business. Yeah. Business. Exactly. That's how it is. It's not life. personal. It's business. Yeah. yeah. Um, but right. Like you're saying, I'd, I've been through so much. Um, I know that I've worked my hardest every day. And it was from that, that I could really believe like, yes, this is my time to shine. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do my very best. Um, and as long as I do that at the end of the day, regardless of the outcome, I can hold my head high and be proud of myself. So, um, so we were talking earlier and I want to touch on this real quick, but we were talking about how you've had to learn through this last, I mean, your whole life, but through your pro years the most, that you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to be the best version of yourself and you've got to trust the process. 
And I told you I was going to ask you this question. I want to, I feel like this is the perfect timing because we're leading up to going into you at the Washington Spirit. Everybody knows where you are now, but I love what happened before people knew you. That's the most important thing. It's this process here. And I think so many people, and I know I've been in this in all different areas of, you know, life and business and my own career, my coaching career, you name it. You, you, you are so focused on this one goal that, you, you know, you want it so bad. You eat, sleep and breathe it. You speak it to yourself every morning. You know, you visualize it and you're not there yet, <laughs> yet, <laughs> hence the word yet. And I would hear people tell me all the time, Amanda, you just got to enjoy the, you, the process. You got, you just, you got to enjoy the adventure. And I, I don't, I, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but I would want to, um, I'd really want to like, I'm not a violent person, but in my mind, I'm like, I really want to hit you in the face right now. <laughs> like, Cause you don't know what I'm feeling. You don't know the tears I have behind closed yeah. doors. Cause I'm frustrated. Like I just, I just, I'm one break away, but where's that break? And here you are telling me I'm supposed to love this process. How do I love this process? You know? Um, but I mean, I feel like your life has been in, a, an amazing example of that. And how did you find joy when at times I'm sure you didn't feel like it? Yeah. For or sure. see it. For how sure. did you find joy and how can those that are in your shoes, whether they're a pro, they're a college player, they're in the youth level, uh, maybe they're, they're a business owner and they're, they're chasing their dreams uh, or a parent who, you know, whatever, how can you find joy, no matter what your age, no matter what your goal is in the process? And how do you just keep trusting and staying faithful? Yes. The all elusive question. (laughs) (laughs) You like how I threw so many things in there. (laughs) Yeah. For me, it's, it helps that uh, I have faith in God. So I know ultimately, even if I can't see why, I do trust that he is working all things for my good. So I think it's a bit harder for people who who don't believe in God and don't believe that there's, you know, a higher power who is kind of ordaining everything to happen. Um, So I will, I'll start by saying that is even if I can't see it, I do believe that it is for my good. I may not always know, um, but something tangible in my life, a way that I can, um, um, trust the process in a sense and, and celebrate where I am in life is, uh, I like to journal. I've journaled mm. since I was probably a sophomore in college. Um, so it's been at least about 10 years. Um, I don't oh, go wow. back. I don't, I don't read them, but, um, it just helps me to reflect, uh, to be grateful and to kind of remember, um, where I've been, um, and kind of focus on like where I'm going. Um, so I, I think, yeah, being, being grateful and remembering, um, you know, I can go back and if I want, I can pull up in my journal of when I had a broken leg and I can, can look back on that moment. And, and now I have so much gratitude for that experience. I, um, have gratitude for all the times I've been overseas and all the people I've met, um, and just, trying to be fully present and in whatever circumstance you're in rather than wishing it away. Um, and just trying to soak every little 
bit out of it uh, because um, yeah, ultimately like some, some circumstances are out of your control. Like there are a lot of, <laughs> I didn't wish I broke my leg, of course, but uh, after it happened, it was like, all right, how can I make the most of it? So, um, yeah. Was there something personal that you would tell, like that you're open to sharing, um, that you would just say to yourself in those moments of doubt, just to get you through one more day to take one more step? Um, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of focusing on each day as it comes and being present. Um, cause even now, if I look too far in the future, it's like, whoa, like, you know, things are daunting. Like we've got a global pandemic. Who knows how long it's going to last. Yeah. Um, and when we get into that forward thinking and trying to control everything and planning out our future, it's just kind of like slow down. Um, and I remind myself, um, you know, God's grace is sufficient for today and for today only. <laughs> and when tomorrow comes with its new unique challenges, God will give me grace for that. So it's just, yeah, kind of taking one day at a time, um, remembering where I've been and also celebrating the little, the little joys. There's always, always something you can be grateful for no matter what. Um, so when yeah. I broke my leg, couldn't walk, but like, I do remember how excited I was like when I finally had like feeling in my foot and it's like, wow, like I'm learning to walk again. I'm just <laughs> feeling the sensation of the ground on my foot. Like I celebrated that like, when I could finally jog, it's like, I get to jog. <laughs> and of course, you know, months, years later, you know, I find myself like, Oh, I have to do fitness today, you know? So it doesn't last <laughs> all the time. Right. Yeah. They could be like, oh, I get to do fitness. I get to sprint. You know, not everyone can do that. But um, there really is always something you can be grateful for. Uh, it's just mm. choosing um, to have that mindset. That's good. That's money right there. <laughs> gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know through my own personal struggles, too, I can relate. It's when you take your eyes off yourself. And you look at what you do have instead of what you don't have. and Or you take your eyes off yourself and you help encourage and empower somebody else. Maybe that's a teammate. Maybe that's a, a coworker or just a stranger that you, you meet in, in those five minutes. And you find something good in them. It, it's amazing how the cares of your own world go away and you just serve sure. your purpose in that moment, you know. Um, so go to, you go to Washington, uh, the Washington Spirit. They, they call up. Um, were you a starter right when you got there? Um, there were three of us and we were all kind of competing for the starting position. Um, I won, yeah, I won the first start. Um, it started for a while, but we didn't have m much success as a team that year. So I, I was actually benched, I think like four times throughout the year. <laughs> um, the other probably better than your 10 minutes of sky blue right? yeah I think yeah I think I got 20 games out of the 24 um and yeah it was it was difficult because we weren't winning I think we won two out of the 24 games and there was I think the last this is a terrible statistic but I think out of the last maybe 11 games we scored one goal or something um it was pretty pretty hopeless that's <laughs> and painful. that's 
Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. I had this mindset of like, how long is it going to be until the other team yeah. scores? Um, but yeah, it was it was tough, and that's kind of where I had to learn to to be thankful for all circumstances because I definitely did not enjoy that year in in terms of you know like fun and winning and you know we were all definitely um in a negative space just you know no one kind of really wanted to be there um it it, it was tough but um nobody wants to be on a losing team yeah yeah especially the the higher you get we're all winners we're born winners right right um yeah so that year was it's very difficult, uh, but I did learn a lot. Uh, and yeah, I broke the league record for saves. <laughs> that's hey, that's a good thing. Oh man, <laughs> you got them out of the back of the net, right? <laughs> yeah, could be worse things, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then after that year, we brought in a new coach, a new majority owner. Um, so that all changed. Yeah, last year in 2019, new goalkeeper coach, new coach. Um, it just totally shifted the mindset um, of the entire organization. And huge credit to our owner now, Steve Baldwin. He came in and was like, I, I want the spirit to be the best club in the world. And from day one, he started treating us like professionals. And we just really have formed something that we all want to be a part of. And it's really exciting what we're building here. Um, And with our new kind of style of play and new goalkeeper coach that really believes in me, I've really, uh, really flourished these past couple of years. And last year we barely missed out on the playoffs. We finished fifth. Um, It was a great year for us as a defense. I think we might've led the league in shutouts or close to it. Um, yeah, I got my first call up at the end of last year's season after winning goalkeeper of the year. And um, yeah, it's, awesome. it's been good. So huge now, accomplishment. Now I huge feel like I'm starting to take <laughs> off, but um, yeah, it's, it's been the culmination of a lot of hard work. Um, definitely not this yeah. overnight success. <laughs> yeah. um, a lot of people <laughs> think that they'll make the yeah. save without having to work hard in training or, or um, things like that. But like I've been saying this whole time, like I have this confidence and self-belief knowing that I have been working my butt off for 10 plus years. Uh, so now I can finally like really enjoy the game and, and um, be successful that's why you never quit right there took you a decade but is it worth it yeah yeah I I definitely wouldn't wouldn't trade any any step of my career you know if I would have come in and somehow started day one as a rookie I don't think I would be half the person I am today um you know you think you're like one of the most humble people that I've met um in the program. And I appreciate that so much. Do you think the 10 years of not being somebody and, and, you know, everybody knowing your name and your face and you're this and you're that had a lot to do with that too, outside of your upbringing? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
you know, I've been the backup keeper when no one knows your name. And it's like, I don't think they want my autograph. Like, I think I'm just going to go to the locker room or even worse. Like you get to do sprints on the field after the game because he didn't play. So <laughs> it's not bad enough that you're not playing like get on the line, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I've been in every scenario. I've been injured. I've been on the bench. I've been playing and then benched. Um, so again, yeah, it's all part of the process. And um, I've tried to learn something from every situation that I've been in life. And so yeah, nowadays I, I look at the young rookies on my team and I'm like, you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to find out though. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, I want to wrap this up here and just, uh, I have a four questions from a couple of our goalkeepers. I'm going to go with the easiest ones uh, from our 11 year olds. Uh, Murray wants to know, do you regret playing in goal versus on the field? <laughs> I probably wish I could be a forward for sure. Definitely a lot more glory in that. <laughs> um, no, I don't. Uh, I absolutely love it. Um, the more I play, the, the more I enjoy it. Cause you, nowadays you get to be like a field player and use your hands. So true. It's, it's, yeah, it's the most fun position out there. Um, it's, I mean, goalkeeper training is a blast. There's something new every day. Um, and there's just so many unique challenges about being a goalkeeper, um, that I absolutely love. So no regrets. No regrets. All right. Ezreal, uh, who's 11 asked, how many clean sheets have you gotten in your pro career? <laughs> um, that one's tough. Pop quiz. <laughs> I've played, I don't know, like six or seven pro teams <laughs> from Norway, Denmark. I played three years in Sydney FC, um, yeah, New Jersey, Orlando, and now the Washington Spirit. So maybe I've hit 50. No, that's, I don't know. That seems a bit high. I don't know. I'll, I'll Google it or I'm sure it's on Wikipedia, but. Um, Wikipedia. I'll make sure to tell you to go check. 50? Wiki. I don't Five know. Five zero fifty. Yeah. All right. 50. That's still a good number. <laughs> Not enough. More. Not enough. Not enough. Need more. Of course, Not every enough. high achiever would say that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Ben asked, how do you get mentally ready for a game? All right. Um, yeah, I think that's super important. And it's different for everybody because everyone's unique. And yeah. um, it's about creating that confident headspace. So for me, practically, I like to avoid all stress on game days. Um, I sleep in. If we have a game at night, I'll sleep in for as long as I want. <laughs> um, <laughs> get up have breakfast. I like to go for a bike ride just to get my legs moving. Um, then I'll do some yoga, um, just for stretching mobility and that's when I'll start kind of getting in the zone. Um, then I'll just relax for the afternoon, some clean my apartment <laughs> and, uh, and head to the field. Once I get to the locker room, I'll, um, do I'll roll out, um, got a playlist that's, um, more chill than like pump you up, 
you know, I, I put my AirPods in because the team's all like having a dance party, but again, I like to be like here. So, um, yeah, I'm just really like low key. Um, um, and then, yeah, once I step on the field, like on game day, like it's, it's definitely, I've, I hit another level. Um, just my focus. I try to be like judgment free. Like I don't beat myself up if I don't catch the ball, um, perfectly or cleanly. Um, so I just try to, yeah, try to get rid of all negative judgments and just be super confident. And, um, yeah, so I think that's an important distinction on game days. Don't let any doubt or negative feelings get in your headspace. Like, of course, in a training environment where you're working on perfecting a skill, like there are some good and bad, like <laughs> if you, if you don't hit a ball cleanly, it's like, okay, like I didn't hit that cleanly. Let's do it again. But on the game day, I'm not going to be focused on, 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 yeah, not hitting the ball just perfectly. So for me, it's not the time to focus on mistakes. Yeah. It's That's just, practice. yeah, it's yeah. Game day is different than training is just be confident. Um, even if you had the worst warm up ever, I had one pro coach in, in Australia, I had a bad warm up, and he goes to me like the whole point of warm up is to be warm. I'm like, wow, I've never thought about that. He's like, are you warm? I'm like, yeah, yeah. warm I'm sweating. It's like, great. You're ready for the game. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, good point. <laughs> Way to keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, on game day, it's all about just being confident, um, preparing myself mentally and physically for the game. All the work has already been done. So I don't watch That's video. I don't stress about the other team. It's just, me being confident going out and showing what I can do. So yeah, try not to, to stress on external things. The work's been done and uh, just go out and enjoy it. That's awesome. Such a good word right there. I think so many people, we were chatting about this yesterday, just quiet confidence. You don't need to be anything but yourself. Right. Just be you. Just be you. So important I think so many struggle I know that was one of my biggest struggles in my youth days I used to like my coach used to always say to me let the game come to you what what does that mean let that game. it was like it was like this huge philosophical thing I was like you know, for four years I was hunting of finding what does that mean and then I finally realized it what you said just be you don't try to be anything else don't try to impress the world don't try to press us the crowd the coaches whatever the team just be you Right. You are good enough. You are good enough. All right, I saved the best for last. This one of our elite goalkeepers, Bella, asks, have you ever lost your joy for your sport? And if so, did it last for a season? How long did it last? And how did you get it back? I think this is probably the best way to close up our podcast right here because this is, I feel like this question was your journey and has yeah. been your journey and your story right here. Yeah. Um, yes, I definitely have. It's, it's been tough. There have been some days, um, where, yeah, I don't, even when things are going well, I get up and it's like, oh, I don't really want to go to train or I don't really want to go to the gym. Um, but 
I've kind of made the big commitment, like, of as long as I'm a pro soccer player, as long as I'm a goalkeeper, like, I'm going to give it the best that I've got every day. And once you make that big commitment, it takes away the little decisions. So it's not a decision every day. Am I going to the gym? It's, oh, yeah, I'm going to the gym. Like, because I have made this commitment to myself, to my family, to God, to, to everyone who is poured into me throughout my entire career. Like if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this to, to the best of my ability. Um, so that helps when I don't feel like doing it when it's difficult. Um, and then, you know, that, that builds up. So I know like after a big win or, or after something, um, pretty difficult. Like I have, I'm just, I'm super proud of myself because I know what has been going on behind closed doors. I know how many times I didn't want to run the sprints at the end of training, but every time I do. And, and, you know, like at the end of the day, you know, um, when you put your head on your pillow at night, like, yeah, it makes a difference. Um, and that's whatever you do in life. Like, you know, only, you know, if you have given, given your all um but yeah the the first year I was starting even when I finally was a starter at the spirit um we lost I think four zero in Houston and it was just a terrible loss and I was I was honestly like crying on the field I just like didn't want to play anymore and I think I even like texting my family like I want to come home or something like I was I'm done pretty dramatic (laughs) and um yeah I was I was ready to be done I definitely had had lost my joy but um it I'm trying to think of well we got yeah we ended up getting a new coach and and things did turn around but um for me it was like I was saying earlier about how I journal and and remember and celebrate the little victories. Um, you know, you're going to have those moments when you want to give up, when you want to quit, when you're questioning, is this worth it? So that's when I look back at, at everything I've been through. And um, yeah, I remember like how far I've come and how I have made this commitment to myself and to everyone who's ever been part of my soccer journey. Um, and that's what kind of pushes me to keep going. So um, by yeah, remembering, um, it it definitely gets better, right? Like uh, it may seem like there is no like end in sight, but it it'll come eventually. So um, yeah, just okay. keep keep being true to yourself, and um, it will eventually get better. And yeah you get to choose your joy. It's not a circumstantial Mm. thing. So um, regardless of circumstance, you can choose to be joyful, even when that's very difficult. That's, that's so good. That's so good. Well, Aubrey, thank you so much for being with us today. And um, it's been a pleasure and you've definitely dropped a lot of uh, (laughs) nuggets. I hope our listeners are taking notes because this is one that I know I'm going to go back to and, and listen to a few times over as well. Um, but thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, I hope, hope there was something in there for everybody. And it, it helps me too, to just kind of reflect and 
even talking to you, I get to remember again um, everything that I've been through and just all more excited for, for what's to come. Definitely.